Welcome to day 33 of Shaped by the Word, season 3, the story of the prophets. And we do, as we've often had the habit of doing in these podcasts, to leave you with a huge cliffhanger on a Friday. So we start up, in, in my estimation, one of the most magnificent uh, works of literary art in all of history, the book of Isaiah. Uh, it is rich, and it's uh, Hebrew poetry. You just look at it in your English Bibles, and you realize that a lot of this is coming to us you know, as, as poetry. And so there's a deep sense of meter and elegance, you know, to the way that Isaiah, you know, approaches his ministry. Uh, Isaiah covers more time, uh, you know, than any of the prophets. Matter of fact, he'll lead us through, you know, three big parts of Israel's, you know, history. Uh, he uh, is preaching in Jerusalem. He is not like Amos, who is a, you know, a dresser of sycamore trees and a shepherd. He's actually part of the royal house and the royal family, maybe even a priestly family as well. So he is he is among the wealthy of Jerusalem whose prophecies that he will you know denounce. So he's uh, very close to what's happening you know, as, as he's a part of it. So the first part of his prophecy, Isaiah 1 through 39, will kind of cover uh, the warning you know, that the, you know, Jerusalem is about to be conquered by the Babylonians and go into exile. So it's kind of a pre-exilic, uh, you know, kind of a, that's a technical word that we use when we're talking about the prophets. Then when you pick up in you know chapter 40 and go through 55, he's really comforting people who are in exile with the future hope of a coming servant, which are part, some of the richest sections you know, of Isaiah as, as, as well. But then when you start in 56, he's talking to those who return and inviting them back into the righteousness of the Lord. So the prophecies of Isaiah... Uh, he's active, you know, during the same time as Micah. He's active when Israel falls. He's active when, uh, you know, uh, when Jerusalem actually does go into captivity. Uh, but uh, his prophecy will cover about 300 years when he even names Cyrus by name, the Persian ruler who will allow for Israel to come back into Jerusalem and rebuild. So he goes from the very beginning of a warning of judgment uh, to the hope of restoration all the way through the end, and of course we'll be in uh, Isaiah for several weeks, and um, we should really enjoy the ride. This is deeply rich. <laughs> Did I tell you I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keefe and Matt Kresge and Cindy Kemp as well? <laughs> and uh, before we uh, start in on Isaiah, uh, in the first chapter in itself is is, is rich. It's in the beginning of both you know um, Jewish scripture and English scripture. This is. This is the faceplate to the rest of the prophets, even though you know chronologically he comes after Hosea and after Amos and after you know uh, Joel and Micah, uh, or is contemporary with you know Micah. He really does set the themes for all of these books, and it's kind of the Rosetta Stone for understanding prophecy. You know, is, is the Book of Isaiah. So before we read, um, there there's a lot for us here. Uh, we'll see the gospel so many times in, in this book. Before we read, there's a lot for us here. So let's prepare our hearts not only for today's reading, but for this journey through Isaiah. Uh, Cindy, do you mind lifting us up before we read? Father, we do thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this time in the book of Isaiah. Lord, thank you for the gift that is ours in your word and for the gift of the one um, that your word speaks of. So may we know uh, him intimately. May we walk with him. May we, Father, just be encouraged by your word even now. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
In Isaiah chapter 1, the vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem that Isaiah son of Amos saw during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear me, you heavens, listen to earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children and I brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its master and the donkey its owner's manger, but Israel does not know my people do not understand. Woe to the sinful nation, a people whose guilt is great, a brood of evil doers, children given to corruption. They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on them. Why should you be beaten any more? Why do you persist in rebellion? Your whole head is injured, your whole heart afflicted. From the sole of your foot to the top of your head, there is no soundness, only wounds and welts and open sores not cleansed or bandaged or soothed with olive oil. Your country is desolate, your cities burned with fire, your fields are being stripped by foreigners right before you, laid waste as when overthrown by strangers. Daughter Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard, like a hut in a cucumber field, like a city under siege. Unless the Lord Almighty had left us some survivors, we would have become like Sodom, we would have been like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom, listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. The multitudes of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord? I have more than enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who asks this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals, I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I'm weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Come now. Let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good things of the land. But if you resist and rebel, will be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See how the faithful city has become a prostitute. She once was full of justice. Righteousness used to dwell in her. But now only murderers. Your silver has become dross. Your choice wine is diluted with water. Your rulers are rebels, partners with thieves. They all love bribes and chase to her gifts. They do not defend the cause of the fatherless, the widow's case that does not come before them. Therefore the Lord Almighty, the Mighty One of Israel, declares, Ha! I will vent my wrath on my foes and avenge myself on my enemies. I will turn my hand against you. I will thoroughly purge away your dross and remove all your impurities. I will restore your leaders as in the days of old, your rulers as at the beginnings. Afterward you will be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion will be delivered with justice, her penitent ones with righteousness. But rebels and sinners will both be broken, and those who forsake the Lord will perish. You will be ashamed because of the sacred oaks in which you have delighted. You will be disgraced by the gardens that you have chosen. You will be like an oak with fading leaves, like a garden without water. A mighty man will become tender and his work a spark. Both will burn together with no one to quench the fire." You get a taste of how vivid uh, Isaiah is going to be, you know, from beginning to end, in his description. And of course, you get the mosaic or the pattern, you know, that we have 
uh, the declaration uh, of the Lord's case against the nation of Israel. Uh, they have been unfaithful, you know, to God. You know, especially talking about here, the, you know, these two. When you're talking about the northern kingdom, you talk about idolatry, and then you'll talk about, uh, you know, lack of social justice, and uh, you'll talk about, you know, simply going through the motions. Here, he's, he's just doing two in the first chapter. You're only going through the motions in your worship of me, mm-hmm. and you are not considering the poor, the oppressed. The widow's case didn't even capture, you, you know, your ear nor the immigrant, nor the alien, you know, among you. And, mm-hmm. and so you see these two major accusations, you know, coming here. And he's very vivid. Yeah. Yes, he, is. Saying, you know, he said, why are you wearing out the carpet? <laughs> <laughs> Do you not hear, who's, who's called this? It's trampling in my courts. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you can hear, you know, Israel saying, well, you're the one who told us to do all of these things. And he said, no. You're not even close to what I've asked you to do, mm-hmm. and, and of course it's, it's nice leading you know for Micah in here because yeah. he said, I, yeah. you know, would you come and bring a thousand you know rams and you know ten thousand rivers of oil, or, or sacrifice you know maybe your own son? No, he showed you, oh man, what is good and what it is the Lord requires of you, mm-hmm. and, and you see it fleshed out you know in a much more vivid manner, you know here in Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Isaiah won't even do his biography till we get to chapter six. He just jumps right in, you know. To <laughs> no, he has a lot. Yeah, <laughs> even verse two, you know, hear me, you heavens, listen, earth. The Lord has spoken. So we're introduced to this, this Lord that commands even the heavens and earth to hear him. You know, he's raised up children. He's brought them up, but they rebelled against me. Even an ox and a donkey know its master. You know, like come, like these guys. But Israel does not know. My people don't understand. What a, I mean, a start that introduces you to this crazy, big, sovereign God, his love for his people, and yet they rebel against him. They don't, they don't even know him. Even oxes and donkeys know their masters, and, and they don't know the sovereign, large God that commands a, a, a the heavens. The donkey knows who feeds him, yeah. and my people don't. They don't know where all of these good things that they've richly enjoyed have come from. And, and they've deeply ignored. And, and of course, there's more too, you know, calling on the mountains as witnesses because uh, we've always, you know, said that the prophets, the background for the prophets is a book of Deuteronomy and the renewal of the covenant. And there are covenant blessings that the Lord promises, and there are also covenant curses or, or consequences or, or punishments, you know, that the Lord promises for, for unfaithfulness. And, and so in Deuteronomy, uh, you know, the Lord calls on the mountains and hills to witness, you know, their, their, uh, their, uh, uh, their initial oath to him. Now he's calling on them to witness the breaking of that oath mm-hmm. in a tomb. And it also, you know, kind of sheds a lot of light on, you know, whenever Jesus it really makes it rich. When Jesus is coming into Jerusalem and the Pharisees tell, <laughs> tell all these kids to be quiet, you know, they're, they're, they're singing Davidic hymns, you know, as Jesus is coming into the city. You know, Hosanna is the one who's coming in the name of the Lord. And Jesus said, even if I were to be quiet, uh, the mountain and the hills, you know, would, would cry out. And, and that's what he's talking about. They would serve as a witness, you know, of your unfaithfulness mm-hmm. and, and of this moment. And, and so it's pretty rich. Yeah. And their unfaithfulness and sin has run deep. I mean, as, we, as every prophet's been saying. But verse 10, hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. I mean... The, those are the that is the image of judgment in the Old Testament. You start thinking through, right? You know what is God's mm-hmm. judgment? You think Sodom and Gomorrah, and even Jesus would say later on, you know, it'd be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on that day. On that day, well, for this generation. And what does Isaiah say? 
you are, you know, Judah, you are Sodom and Gomorrah. We, You've become. We did that, you know, yesterday when we compared, uh, you know, we uh, you know compared the sins of Israel to the time of Omri and Ahab, which is the, you know, the depth that the nation had sunk to under those two rulers and those two kings. And here we, uh, here we compare it, you know, to Sodom and Gomorrah. So these are the images of ultimate judgment. And of course, when you're sitting, you know, in your palace and you're very complacent and you're saying, you know, I wasn't church great yesterday. It's fine going to the temple and stuff like that. And you're talking about the, you know, the homily or whatever it was and how, you know, awesome it was and, and whatever. And you just go on in your life. You're, you're not thinking we're not, we're not bad at all. And he said, no, you're, you're bad to your very core. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, you're you're making Sodom and Gomorrah yeah. and blush, you know, in in your lack of devotion you know, to the Lord. And I think you know, what you said, Matt, is really apt. Uh, they're more guilty than Sodom and Gomorrah because of the knowledge of the Lord, you know, yeah. that they've had. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I love hear the word of the Lord, and then you know, verse seventeen, learn to do right, seek justice. I mean, it's almost like God's pleading with them. You know, Isaiah's pleading mm-hmm. with them, hear the word of the Lord, repent. And turn to him. You know, live as his people again. And the same, you know, for us, hear the word of the Lord, receive the gospel, you know, repent and believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I love, you know, uh, verse 18. Mm-hmm. You know, come, you know, come, let, mm-hmm. let's settle this matter. And it's an invitation, you know, to sit down and say, you know, let's, you know, let's reason together mm-hmm. and let's really talk about where you are. Though your sins are like scarlet and offer you opportunity of everything I've just described to completely cleanse you from. Mm-hmm. Though they're red like crimson, they should be as wool. If you're willing and obedient, and, and you see you know, that the uh, you know the judgment is God's means of bringing people to repentance, and yet mm-hmm. they will not receive it as a path to repentance. They harden their hearts against Him, and of course, uh, that reminds us exactly what Egypt did as well. You know, when God confronts them in, in judgment. Mm-hmm. So see how the faithful city has has become mm-hmm. a, a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Well, we come to the end of this week, and it's go ahead, David. You, so oh, that's saying you have a profound thought. We ran out of time, but there's still like uh, there's no, so there, there's so much. So I, yeah. Isaiah, I was just laughing to myself. Yeah, you know, Isaiah, mm-hmm. you know, could be a lifetime for you. You know, obviously, Scripture, you know, is a is a lifetime endeavor where we learn its rhythms and its language, and uh, we become more and more familiar with you know its depth and its beauty and its mm-hmm. majesty. Something you know we. We can read it first blush and be deeply convicted by, but it's something the more we read, the more we study, the richer, you know, it becomes. And Isaiah is a uh, is a treasure, you know, that, that really does bridge beautifully between the old covenant and the new covenant mm-hmm. in, in deep and meaningful ways. Mm-hmm. So the case has been made, our sin has been declared, mm-hmm. and the invitation has been made to sit down with the Lord and to have our, our sins, uh, you know, uh, completely wiped out uh, though they be scarlet they should be as white as snow and what beautiful invitation it is father we thank you for another week in your word uh, we thank you for your word we thank you for the beauty of of scripture just as a piece of literature but its beauty is so much beyond that it, it's your breath and your life and a vision of the hope that you've given us in christ jesus may you open our eyes and as David said, so we see wonderful things in your word. Mm-hmm. May you open the eyes of our heart, as Paul said, so that we, together with all your people, know the height and the breadth and the depth and the length of the love that you have for us in Christ Jesus. 
uh, be with us as we uh, worship together as your family this weekend. Uh, may you be richly present among us, and we honor you with everything we are and everything we do. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. <laughs>